Alex Straco is with us to break down everything that happened in the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. My name is John Williams and joining us as she will every week throughout the softball season is former Michigan and Oklahoma star Alex Storacco to help us break down everything that happened in the Puerto Vallarta College Challenge and across the softball world. Alex, how are we doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. It was a, a wonderful weekend of softball just across the country, but obviously we're going to start with the Oklahoma Sooners. Let's just look at some big picture takeaways, first of all, because a 4-0 start to the season, extending that winning streak, had a few bumps in the road, faced some challenges from both Duke and Washington along the way. So as you kind of sum up the weekend for Oklahoma, what is your biggest impression of this team to start the 2024 season? I don't know. I just feel like there's so many different aspects. I feel like uh, Sooner fans expect a W, but I feel like as we look around the world of softball, especially this year of 2024, you kind of have to like appreciate those W's a little bit more. And I think um, Sooner fans got a little bit of a taste of it um, this weekend for sure um, with just like how gritty like the Sooners had to be early on in the season. And um, I feel like Coach Gasso always lines up like a really interesting um, preseason tournament. And that's exactly what happened um, with this tournament in Mexico. Um, and I just was excited to see, obviously, from my side, his first time ever like really being a fan. Um, so it was a very different aspect for me, but also just um, seeing what this this year's roster can really put together. And I think that there was really a lot of different production from a lot of different parts of this team that people might not have expected. And, and some, some of these players kind of have to use this beginning weekend to just really get the wheels turning. So um, I feel like there was just so many different aspects, but I feel like I'm going to be proud here and mention the bullpen because they worked really hard this weekend. And I, I appreciated a lot of like pitchers that stepped up in really big moments. And um, I think that's, what's going to take OU really far this year um, and really kind of have to step up to um, in a lot of different aspects. And I feel like we really saw a really good preview of that here. Now you mentioned kind of Coach Gasso just going through and, and trying a lot of different people and a lot of different options. Is, is that something that you kind of see across the college softball world where, okay, maybe you're going to have a, a set nine that you're going to you know play in your biggest games you know through conference play when you get to you know conference tournament play in the College World Series. But earlier in the season, you want to give a lot of people opportunities, give them at-bats so that you can kind of see what you have. Right. Yeah. And, and like we've kind of talked about before, Coach Gasso loves and JT loves to kind of plug in players, whether that's the same people in different positions, different people in the same positions and, and that sort of thing. And I feel like this weekend, we got a good preview of it. Um, we saw, we found some steadiness in some positions as we expect. Um, 
But obviously with some move around, you see Tiare kind of settled in at, at shortstop and made some amazing plays. you got to fill that hole that she leaves at second. And we saw um, that and right field really kind of get teetered with the most um, in, in that range. But um, I felt like around the country, like OU had probably one of the more sturdier lineups as we go to figure out kind of those key 9, 10 um, players. Um just looking back and going through like the weekend and um, other programs. Um, I think OU is, is sturdy from the start. Yeah, they really are. And it was a weekend and maybe Jada Coleman didn't have her best, you know, set of games that we kind of have come to expect from her, but again, early in the season, but the rest of the lineup did step up and kind of pick up their play. You know, you mentioned Tiara Jennings, but Alyssa Brito, I mean, she had three home runs in the first week of play already on a great pace to, to shatter what she did last year was 17 home runs. Now, will right. that keep up? Who knows? But it was a strong start for her. And and for a number of people like, you know, Riley Ludlam, she's batting a thousand, you know, coming in in, in a pinch hit role to tie that game against Washington. Let, let's talk just kind of game by game real quick, because you had the first game, the Utah Valley, that 13, nothing, you know, run rule win is kind of what we've come to expect from Oklahoma, but then against Duke, I mean, that you mentioned it last week, Duke was going to be the game you were watching and it, mm-hmm. it turned out to be the kind of the first big test for the Sooners lineup. Yeah, like you said, Utah Valley kind of expecting it. But I feel like in that game, there was a lot of moments that we didn't expect, like Cassidy Pickering first at bat of your of your career in the Oklahoma in the uniform. And I mean, bases loaded grand slam. What better way to start off the career? I mean, you really setting the expectations kind of high there. Um, But I loved it. And then Ella Parker, too. I mean, look at our freshman kind of showing out. I was I was gonna put it on Twitter of like okay maybe where are we seeing a freshman of the year candidate early out of the Oklahoma Sooners um, lineup, but I'm not gonna jump to any con- any conclusions at all. But I loved what I saw from the freshmen. They were in there. They were hacking. They were just um, had a really good presence, which I know Coach Gasso loves to talk about is like having a good presence. Um, and so I love seeing that out of the freshmen, um, especially um, Cassidy and Ella. But then, like you said, Brito, she had an amazing weekend. I mean, I feel like she kind of flew under the radar last year, um, but I feel like she's getting, you know, everything that she has really worked for and deserved her in her career and stuff. And so for her to come out, she was a tournament MVP. Um, I think it was much deserved. She came out clutch in a lot of situations and really got, I feel like the spark rolling within the lineup um, when it came time to it. And uh, she, she kind of played a little with her first at bat being a strikeout. She was just like letting us kind of, you know, let it marinate, you know, and let us, you know, really get into it. Um, but she really showed out. So I was excited for her. Um, and then, like you said, Riley Ludlam really stepping up to the plate in a big situation um, in that um, Duke game. And so I think, or was it, it was, I think it was Washington. She, she had the, yeah, Washington, she had that RBI, which, um, it was unexpected for me and maybe some other um, Sooner fans, but I love that she kind of had that presence in the box that, you know, she was going to do it. And I just had that feeling. I don't know if it's that, that's that Sooner magic we've talked about in my career here, but um, it's weird feeling it from the opposite end and you kind of have no control of it as a fan aspect, but there were so many big key players that, maybe people wouldn't have expected because like you said, Jada Coleman didn't have what she usually has in a weekend, but um, 
if I don't recall correctly, like last year in the first um, weekend against with um, Mark Campbell, Jada, I don't think had a really big weekend, but then out of the end of the year, she's player of the year candidate. So um, I do think some players are just different. You gotta, you gotta wait a little bit and then you kind of explode out of it. And some like Brito from the jump are killing it. And so um, it was really exciting. And then, Washington kind of surprised me um, when I kind of did a little bit of analysis about them. They graduated a lot of their um, RBI producers and a lot of that. So I was um, very intrigued about the game just because they found ways to get it done. And I think that's going to be another name of the game this year within the 2024 season. And that's in all teams around. Um, but I think Washington was kind of a sleeper in my mind. Um, but Ruby Malin really shut it down when she came into that closer role. So um, obviously she was a really big return. She's young still, which is is super fun to watch um, and has a little bit of that pitcher swagger. I know kind of saw that on the broad broadcast and like as a pitcher, I'm eating it up, but like as a Sooner fan, like I wasn't a fan, um, but I don't know, like things like that, though, I think is what makes it fun, the game fun to watch and, and really like buy into um, from a fan perspective, because um, it's fun to kind of let it get a little gritty in there. So, yeah, it, you know, you can't necessarily complain about it when it's <laughs> the opposition, when we're seeing Alyssa Brito and, and Jada and Tiara, you know, showing all the emotion on the field as well. Right. I mean, Ruby Malin, she had a lot of reasons to, to talk. I mean, she was absolutely shutting down Oklahoma's lineup, you know, right. in her relief appearance. I mean, she's going to be one of those pitchers to watch all season long and come, you know, NCAA tournament time. I assume Washington will be there. She'll be one of those, one of those players that will be a key factor in how Washington performs uh, in postseason play, I think. We're going to talk a little bit more about the pitchers for Oklahoma coming up next year, but I want to also get Alex's take on another maybe underappreciated player for the Oklahoma Sooners coming up next here on Locked On Sooners. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL may be done, but NBA season is going strong, and you can get in on the action over at FanDuel Sportsbook because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 bucks if your bet wins bet on all your favorite nba players and teams with quick bets live same game parlays exclusive props and more just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot fanduel is an official sportsbook partner of the nba the nfl and of the locked on network we're here with Alex Tarocco, former Oklahoma and Michigan star pitcher. She's going to be joining us every week here on the Locked On Sooners podcast, breaking down the action for Oklahoma, as well as giving us a little bit of a national perspective on what's going on around college softball. You mentioned Alyssa Brito as a, a player that maybe kind of flew under the radar a little bit. There's a player that seems to always fly under the radar for Oklahoma, and that's because she bats ninth for the Sooners, and that's Riley Boone. I, I contend that on 99% of college softball teams, she'd be your leadoff hitter because she's that dang good. And and we talked about, you know, uh, Riley Ludlam coming through in a big moment. Well, Riley Boone had the game-winning RBI against Washington and continues to just find ways to get on base. She had a bunt single and, and just does everything you need a person to do that's hitting out of that ninth hole. Yeah, absolutely. I, also, I agree with you. Riley Boone is the nation's absolute best number nine hole hitter. Um, and I think that's a part of her sneakiness when it comes to the lineup. I think a lot of teams kind of um, 
let her fly under the radar. Um, but also she's one of the few still in the game that is that true lefty triple threat. And I think that's really hard to find in lineups when um, you either have a straight slapper or bunter small game kind of lefty or the lefty that brings the power in. And Boone truly brings all three and is really good at all three. Um, and when you're able to have a player that can place a bunt slap hit anywhere um, and just get bat on the ball. I think that is so underappreciated and she comes in clutch so many times. I mean, I look at the postseason or even just all season last year, she done it so many times and no one really has that like respect for her on the field um, still. And she's going into her fifth year. And so um, I'm not surprised she's getting it done. Um, she's the energy spark that, um, a lot of people don't realize. I mean, you see her emotion on the field. It's some of my favorite. She's really providing a lot of that if they need a little bit of turnaround in that lineup. And I saw it both, I feel like in Duke and Washington, those two big games, um, you think about the, the production, but when, when it comes down to it, when your energy down and girls are not like into the game. I feel like Riley Boone is, is what is able to spark a lineup, spark some confidence into like her teammates. And it's, she's really, really fun to watch. And she just has the funniest little like on field, like commotion too. like her little celebrations are insane. And then people try to figure out how much gum she's chewing on the field too. I mean, that is absurd as well. Um, she's just a fun player to watch. And, and when she is able to fire up the team, it turns into a different game and that's that's where I feel like a lot of success that Oklahoma has comes from and I think a lot of people don't expect it um so that was really fun and then like I previously talked about Riley Ludlam um coming in stepping up um with the weekend and I think that's also fun because you can see how coach Gasso and JT can really work with a hitter no matter where they come from and have them be able to be successful in those big moments because I feel like that's not only a physical thing but also a mental um, aspect as well. When you have that confidence, when you step in the box, you know what you're doing, whether that's um, – I think she had a sack fly earlier in the weekend. Um, and so when you're able to step in in those moments and know your role, maybe she's going into the weekend like, hey, like, I'm, I'm kind of here and maybe won't see a ton of innings behind the plate, but if I can get up um, against pitchers and really find a role in scoring runs and that's what I'm going to do. And she's able to buy, buy into that early on in the year in big situations. I think that is going to be huge in the long run. Um, so I was really, really excited for her um, this weekend as well. Yeah. I mean, buy-in is huge when you, when you have a team it takes everybody kind of buying into the goal, buying into the vision, buying into the mission, buying into their roles. And I mean, obviously coach Gasso, Jennifer Rocha, JT, they all do a great job at kind of just bringing everybody together and meshing them together. The pitching staff we've talked, we talked at length last week about how deep they are as a unit. And we got to see that on display in Puerto Vallarta, Kelly Maxwell. I mean, as advertised, came in through five great innings against Duke, came back with two and two thirds against Washington and named big 12 player of the week. Uh, she only allowed one hit in her you know, seven and two thirds innings. Just talk about her performance a little bit and what you liked out of what you saw out of Kelly Maxwell. I mean, I think the number one thing is when I see, she's always been a really, really good pitcher, but when I see her wearing crimson and cream, that just excites me a little bit more. And so I for sure put an emphasis on that this weekend, just seeing her in an Oklahoma uniform is just so fun um, because you don't know what 
you know, has gone on behind doors of, of, of how she's dealt with that situation. It is hard. I mean, I've, we're pretty much a very similar career path um, in, in itself, whether that's uh, pitching, but also um, making a name for yourself at your former institution and then going on to really chase your dreams. So I'm a big fan of Kelly. It's super fun to watch her play. Um, but she, I love how just, she's kind of in uh, like Nicole in a way, a very like stoic, very, you know, um, just present and doesn't really show emotion. You you wouldn't be able to see if she gave up one hit or 10 hits on the weekend because there's no change in her demeanor, um, which I think is huge as a pitcher, especially in those big games. And so when I saw her get the ball in those big moments this weekend, I was really excited for her, but she just, she just proves everything um, going to, going back to everyone's notes that they have on her. Like, and when you combine that with the way that <clears throat> coach Rocha calls a game, I think that is just, I mean, a perfect combo. And so that's really exciting to see. I think a sneaky one this weekend was Carly Keeney. Um, she was super, super fun to watch and came up clutch um, in kind of an unexpected Long Beach State game as well. She retired those 13 batters um, that she saw. And so I think that's huge as well, um, giving up minimal um, hits. But I think hits, yes, you can – obviously those are hard, but when you have a pitching staff that – gives up six walks all all weekend I think that's huge and that is something that is very emphasized in the bullpen and coach Rocha takes a lot of pride in is not giving up free bases I know our offense is great as at getting um, free bases so on the opposite end when a when a pitching staff all together is not giving away free bases. It takes less stress off of your offense as well as your defense. So um, as a collective, when you see that, that's also huge. Yeah, it is. You don't want to give free base runners. And and I, what I thought Maxwell and Keeney both did pretty well was just pitching to the defense, you know, not trying to do too much, not trying to blow hitters away, but pitching to contact. And, and those hitters weren't really creating great contact and the defense picked them up behind them. You know, Kelly Maxwell, you know, she can throw a strikeout. She can strike a lot of people out. But at times, maybe in pre- previous years, you know, let the control get away from her because she was just trying to power you know throw by everybody well i think she she's showing that she has a little bit different element to her game in just letting the defense play defense absolutely and i think that is another big aspect of coming from a program where you took on a lot of the innings and a lot of the pressure on yourself when you have to count out to strikeouts but um as we saw this weekend, there wasn't a, ton of, a, wasn't a ton of strikeouts, but when you're able to rely on your defense, it all comes together. And I think I saw that personally as well. I went from being a strikeout pitcher, but when I was able to throw to my defense, it took a lot of the pressure off of me. But also I have seven girls behind me that can help me work that out And in, in when you're trying to produce a win and that's all that matters at the end. So when you take the personal gain out of it and you, you really look at what the bigger picture is and that's a W at the end of the game, I think that's huge. And I think that's really what's going to show up in a lot of Carly and Kelly's um, pitching this year, especially with their transition. Yeah. I mean, you were a 300 strikeout pitcher in your last season at Michigan and yes, that's fantastic. Also, if you're not strike having to strike out everybody, because your defense is able to create outs that's less wear and tear on your arm as the season goes along as well. So it's a good kind of balance to have, but also Mm -hmm. you're able to get that strikeout when necessary. Yeah. Carly Keeney was just fantastic. Uh, And and I think, you know, Nicole may had a good week. I think her outing got a little bit 
overshadowed because of the the three runs allowed on the obstruction quote unquote obstruction call that was called um and so her weekend just doesn't look maybe as clean mm -hmm. but again zero earned runs allowed exactly uh, seven innings so she's she's doing what she needs to do uh, as a pitcher and so i know while oklahoma fans may look at her you know performance and think okay maybe it's not as good still zero earned runs allowed and that's all you can expect out of a pitcher right exactly um and that obstruction rule i feel like has been so blurred throughout the years um, more recently. And so that can be frustrating as well because there is such uncertainty um, from the umpires, from the fans, from the players even, um, because I feel like when I go back and I rewatch that clip, I feel like there's so many variables that go into the correct call that no one really knows what the right call is. Because um, in my opinion, I thought that she had the ball by the time she tagged her. Um, so I can see the frustration and also where, like, how is that even applicable when in the game of softball, even baseball too, like, how is that even going to work? Are we just going to let run score have high scoring games or are we going to kind of go back to like the game, the core of baseball, softball, especially softball. I feel like it's been very conflicting in these last few years. Um, of that obstruction rule it's the it's such a great area area um at this time of, uh, of softball yeah it it was such a debated um topic on social media after the fact but here is from the ncaa website and we'll just get to it real quick before we move on um but obstruction was basically defined as um you know you can't block any part of the first second third base or home plate or any piece of it or block a runner from advancing. However, this is on the NCAA website. Defensive players will not be called for obstruction if they are in possession of the ball or if they are making a legitimate reaction to the trajectory of the ball after it is thrown. Additionally, if in the umpire's judgment, the runner would have clearly been out, then obstruction is ignored. So in several aspects there, it's probably not obstruction. I'll, I'll be the one to say it. I'll, I won't make Alex say it, but Kinsey clearly had the ball ahead of the runner and she adjusted her, her position on the plate because of the trajectory of the ball, not obstruction. But again, mm -hmm. it's, it's been something that's been an evolving rule over several years that it, it's understandable. Maybe that an umpire doesn't have a clear understanding of it in the moment. Right. Yeah. Um, so that can be pretty frustrating pretty frustrating as a player or fan. So, and in a weekend where there was not replay review available, right. um, it, it Which I feel like goes into a, a couple different plays for OU, especially um, in a lot of different ways, positive and negative. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like, so I feel like this weekend was just a really interesting one, truthfully all around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Washington had a play at the plate where the runner was clearly safe, but the umpire called out. So, mm -hmm. you know, you could say a makeup call maybe, but it, it would have been a weekend where replay review would have been very beneficial to either side Absolutely. of the fame. So we'll, we'll talk a few more things about the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll get a little bit of a look at the nation and what happened around college softball, especially with those UCLA Bruins. What is up? We'll talk about that more here on Locked On Sooners, your team every day. 
passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts. For your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home the win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers so you mentioned cassie pickering earlier she currently leads oklahoma in batting average and rbis that's your true freshman that's a pretty strong start to the season and and i think just a, a sign of okay, these freshmen are pretty good. Now, what the expectations are year long, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think you can expect at least them to get a lot of more opportunities as the season goes along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like with that presence at the plate, she kind of put herself in the lineup. And I think that's also what Coach Gasso is looking for when she's giving those people that kind of um, opportunity. Um, I think another big one too was – Torres. Torres didn't wasn't a part of a starting lineup, but she got in in some key situations and was able to produce. And I feel like that is a part of working your way into the lineup is capitalizing on those opportunities. Um, but not only that, Cassidy just also just provided the power and she didn't try to do too much. And I think out of a true freshman, that's really hard um, to really find and get. And um, maybe they've had that in the past, but when you put the pressure of situational stuff, your number one country in the team, you're doing, you're going on the streak. Like maybe that's thought about in, in the back of the head, but as a player, as a former player, I can tell you that those pressures aren't even considered. They're not even a part of a pregame thing. They're not a part of a postgame count. They're not a part of, you know, the film that goes into it. And when I tell you the film, like the hours of film that you go through and the notes that you take um, against opposing pitchers, um, and so I feel like as they start to see, I feel like when we dive in also to the Oklahoma offense, some people might have some um, complaints, but also you, this is the first time they're seeing different pitching um, compared to their own pitchers all year. So I feel like the first weekend is always the hardest. It's a different kind of um, look. Um, I feel like Cassidy Curd from Duke provided a little bit of that. When you see the film, you're like, okay, I don't get it. It's going straight down like Right. Right down the plate. Like, what? where are we missing? Why are we swinging and missing? But when it comes down to a breakthrough, you're like, okay, where does she normally locate? Um, but also a lot of people can't tell when you're watching TV, especially if it's just on flow softball, is the rotation of the ball, the spin rate on the ball. And I feel like lefties always kind of have that weird kind of spin. Um, and I feel like that's probably what got to a lot of this um, Oklahoma um, players this weekend against Duke. She just has a little bit different – um, of emotion and, and pitching. And so um, obviously I can dive into that from a pitcher's perspective, but that w- would take forever. But I feel like that that fans shouldn't get too caught up in, oh, we're, it's a low scoring game against these two big teams. That's okay because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to in the game of softball produce run rules on run rules, but somehow Oklahoma Sooners find a way. Um, but I feel like that's also another aspect that, you know, people have to realize as well. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier in the show that, that winning is hard. 
that you got to kind of learn to appreciate the wins. And I think we saw just right out of the gate with Florida state with UCLA that, okay, don't take any of these things for granted because these top programs, they got beat, you know, and and it's, I mean, Florida state lost to Charlotte. Now Charlotte was an NCAA tournament team last year, UCLA, they got trounced by Texas Texas. and, and, and struggled for a lot of their weekend to come up with wins. Um, so what Oklahoma was able to do four and oh should not be slept on at all. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, there are so many key, um, wins and losses from the weekend that people should really dive into. Obviously the one, the big one is UCLA. Um, and I didn't really dive into it too much. Um, but they kind of lack that, that big ace, the big pitching role. Um, you graduate Megan Framo and that was a huge loss to the program, but, for the most part, they they come back with a lot of offense. So obviously you got to look at that, but then also tip your cap to Texas and their pitching staff. They've always had a pretty good uh, pitching staff. They bring in this freshman, and I think that she's going to be a big key in their staff. They're kind of going that staff route that Coach Gasso has gone down. And so when you have four pitchers that are viable to take key innings in really big games, that's going to help you in the long run. And I think that's exactly what Texas is looking at is the long run this year. So I'm really excited to see how they shape out um, as well as, like you said, Florida state in the championship, they lose Kat Sandercock, huge ace um, on the mound. So they're really looking for that um, pivotal pitcher. Um, but I think another big one too, Kentucky beat Stanford twice. Twice, not once, twice. And one of the times I want to say Kennedy was on the mound. Um, so when you have a pitcher like Kennedy, who is the Pac-12 pitcher of the week with 33 strikeouts on the weekend, and you love and you lose twice, I think that's really big. Obviously, um, Kentucky has Schoon um, Schoonmaker um, or Schoonover. Um, that's key because I know she got, I think, a little hurt um, last year, but huge, huge games. Um, but then some others that I'd like to like kind of dive into, too, was Indiana. They had some really big wins. Penn State beat Arkansas. Um, and then, of course, Duke and Washington. They had great weekends, too. So I think those are some really big um, teams to kind of like keep your eye out, um, especially Indiana and Penn State coming from the Big Ten. Those are a little bit shocking to me, but they kind of have build this this momentum and so i'm excited to see how it goes through especially with this really being the last year of a true big 10 um before the pac 12 kind of moves into it so i'm excited to see how that goes and what those programs really make of this early success yeah with the sport of softball growing across the country it's only natural for the talent to be more spread out than it ever has been indiana you thought that they'd kind of take a step back with the loss of Taryn Kern going to Stanford. That was a huge transfer portal move. And you thought it was going to provide enough offense for Nigel Kennedy, but apparently not this past weekend. Now Taryn's going to be great all season long, but she can't be the only one that's hitting uh, for Stanford to have a lot of success, but they're going to be a tournament team because Nigel's just too stinking good Mm -hmm. uh, not be. Uh, And then I, I don't, we don't have to get too deep into this, but obviously huge, you know, loss from Nebraska, uh, Jordy um, announced on her Instagram that she was hurt and uh, suffered an injury to her ACL uh, and will be out for the year. Uh, it's a it's a huge loss for the softball world because she's just so fun to watch. 
Absolutely. I think Jordy brings not only a lot to the field, to the game as a person as well. She's a huge advocate for um, women's sports. And so when you see that, and especially as a former teammate, um, it's heartbreaking, especially when it's an ACL. One of the hardest injuries to come back to, and especially as a pitcher, that's your landing foot. All of your power is going into that. And when you think of Jordy, you think of power. Um, so that's a really tough loss. Um for herself, but also for Nebraska too. Um, and it definitely took a toll on the rest of their weekend. So for sure praying for her in, in, a, in a solid recovery. And I, I do know she was able to, I think she's going for a red shirt this year now um, since it happened in a um, beginning game. So hopefully that there's no complications with all that, but like you said, huge, huge loss to the game of softball. Yeah. And I mean, she's, she's a workhorse. She's going to, mm-hmm back and she'll be pretty strong i imagine she'll be stronger than ever uh when she makes her return in 2025 uh, but like alex said uh prayers to jordy and, and her recovery in that and to uh, the whole ball family as they're kind of working through this as well but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on sooners thanks so much for being a part of the show and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast follow alex on twitter at alex Tarocco. go check out her merch store at alex as well follow myself at john nine williams the show is at locked on sooners on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to social media yourself, you can find us over there as well. But until next week when Alex will join us again as we break down what happens in Lake Charles, Louisiana this weekend, she's Alex. I'm John. Boomer. Sooner.